Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Back at it again, West Hoops Insider. We're going out to, of course, the Mountain West, but we're going to Boise today and Coach R.J. Barsh, assistant at Boise State. They've won a few games in a row. If you haven't followed, uh, I believe we're up to 12 games in a row now. Is that correct? With a huge road, huge road win last night against a uh, conference power, another conference power in San Diego State. Uh, one at their place in a kind of a football grind matchup uh, in the 40s and 30s. Uh, some people saw the score and thought it was halftime. No, that was a final score. But this team is an elite defensive team, obviously winning uh, 12 in a row. Let's talk about last night's game and uh, a little bit of uh, how that went, or the night before night, excuse me, Saturday night's game, and uh, how that went and how you guys have been able to pull off 12 in a row. You know, being as that, you know, Boise State with the Blue Turf football school, at times we decided to give them a football score um, and <laughs> be a little defensive towards the end of the game. And one thing anybody who's been watching Boise State basketball or any team that Coach Leon Rice has been leading is his groups are going to be connected. Uh, they're going to play hard. I would say in my time here, this is the most connected any group that, that I've been associated with when it comes to the level of allowing others to have success around you and you uh, have joy from that. So that's how you can win tough games is when no one cares who gets the credit as long as you get the dub. And right now the spirit in that locker room is special because of those things. Yeah. Well said, well said. Um, So 12 games in a row, obviously Mountain West, you guys are at the top of the Mountain West. Um, Talk a little about like, the scheduling, the travel. I mean, you guys have some uh, really good wins along the way. The last team you lost to, St. Louis, in overtime, uh, who's a really good team themselves. Uh, but you guys have played well. Got a Pac-12 win against Washington State along the way. Um, and obviously have just been able to start out your six games in conference play. 
Uh, really good defensive team, adjusted efficiency. I think you guys are eight in the country. Uh, and Kim Palm, I think you're six in the country, offensive rebound. I mean, you got some uh, elite offensive stats and defensive stats. Talk a little bit about the balance of this year's team on both sides of the ball. I mean, when you have uh, Coach Mike Burns and Coach Tim Durier with extreme experience on uh, how to teach their craft and then how to not only teach it but have it in steps so guys know how to do what to do, when to do it. Right. Uh, we spent a lot of time this summer not so much on um, the aesthetics of things, but we spent a lot of time on what travels, right? You know, when we get on the bus, when we get on the plane, what is the most important thing to put in our bag? Right. That no one can take away that, you know, and that is rebounding, which is a pillar in a program with Coach Rice. He's always been that way. Even at Gonzaga, he was the rebounding coach. So he, that's what... So we put that in the bag for Coach Rice. It's defensive pressure and knowing how to play with schemes. So, all right, that doesn't take a lot of talent, maybe some ser ser being cerebral and being able to commu communicate. So that's up to the coaches to have those kind of guys. And we recruited those kind of guys into the program. And then for, for, for the offensive side, it's learning to be uh, selfless, you know, making a zero cut to get somebody else open and letting guys shine when it's in the moment that they're great at. So I don't care if Shaver was one for 10 and it's the last shot, he's going to get it. Oh, by the way, that happened, right? So the and the guy who passed him the ball is our 6'8 point guard who's all that in a bag of chips. He gives him the ball to finish the game on his own volition. So those are things that this summer we put in our bag to, to practice to make sure that when we got on planes, we could travel, we could travel those things with us. And it's been a lot of fun watching our guys uh, uh, do that. And then lastly, this team, uh, a little bit different than some of the typical Coach Rice teams, uh, maybe not as offensive firepower, but again, kind of like you said, more in the defensive uh, rebounding grit kind of category uh, this year. And obviously you have a lot of size on this team as well on the perimeter, inside uh, the whole nine, a lot of depth. So talk about Coach Rice being able to kind of adjust a little bit and Obviously, we know how great of a coach he is, uh, but just talk a little bit about his ability behind the scenes to do what he's doing and mastermind and the whole staff for that matter. You know, um, I, I really think the economy of coaching right now is being able to adjust to your personnel on a day to day basis. And um, one thing that helps someone to do that is experience at a high level through stressful moments and then knowing what works and then trusting your intuition. And so uh, Coach Rice having coached for so long, him, Burns and Durier, and all of us haven't been head coaches. Uh, we understand the importance of the decisions, but we also know which things we can ignore uh, and which things that we need to press issues on. I would say the the roster presented itself to play a certain style, and um, we accepted that that was a style that was best fit for the team. Now, that doesn't mean we can't go out there and throw 90 on the board because we've, we, we've shown we can do that, but it also means that um, – we know how we're going to win the game that's close and how ugly it's going to look to most and how beautiful it looks to us. So we, we, we're going to, we're going to paint it in how, how we want it. And that's what coach Rice always says to our team. So what now, what if this, if they want to run and, and we have the guys to run. So what now, what that means, maybe a certain guy, your rotational minutes are a little lower because of the scout. Now you got to have the, all the energy in the world on the, on the bench. And that's where I come into play is making sure we have a sustainable culture behind the scenes. 
where it's one-on-one -on -one meeting with guys, keeping them academically, their heads on straight, because you don't want stress of life and stress of what's going on in the world to uh, interfere with the place that they want the most freedom. And so we try to set up so many small systems, so, so many small check-ins with Coach Moats that by the time they get to the gym, they feel like they are where their feet are. They walk in the gym and they can actually be there and uh, enjoy it. And that's one thing we've noticed in just watching games and scouting games that our guys seem to be smiling. And it was before the 12-game the run. I mean, it was before there was belief that these guys worked on and they uh, uh, believed through the, the drama and they continue to believe. You mentioned at the top about the, the buy-in and just the collective camaraderie of this year's group and how it's, it's immeasurable compared to other years. Do you get the sense that maybe it's the upperclassmen who have led in leadership roles? Do you think there's just a, a added sense of uh, we can do it this type of year? Is there a particular reason you think that this year is different than years past? Yeah. Um, I believe this is uh, one of the main reasons is this is the last group that had to redshirt when they transferred. So we have guys who are mature and then redshirt at an age of maturity so they can learn different, you know. And so having those guys, that, that's just a little level of uh, of understanding that they wouldn't access at 18 in redshirt. So I think that has something to do with it. Um, second thing is I believe these guys understand the limitations of their game and that they need each other to be successful because we've had some we've had some phenomenal individual talents go in and out of our gym. And we have some on this team, but I think these guys sat in the hotel room and realized we had not reached the ultimate goal based on the individual talent. So let's put that as our secondary or our third thing, and let's make the team, you know, be primary. And that that shows when you have guys like Abu Kijab and Emmanuel Acott and Malad and Armis, you know, picking up bags when the plane lands that don't have their name on it. Those are the little things that we started taking photos of and speaking of and saying, hey, if we continue to do these things, the stuff on the floor is going to happen for us. So I think that's some of it. Um, and then we have guys like you just saw Tyson Degenhart right there, who, you know, when you're, when you're recruiting, you're really looking for culture fits. And you just pray that those culture fits upon success stay who they are. And because it was modeled for him by Iman and Abu in the first couple of weeks here and what we knew he was capable of, the success in which Tyson has, um, guys encourage. Do you get the sense or, or maybe, I guess to just to take a step back, in years past, Boise State's had some great individual talents like you've said, uh, Chandler Hutchison, Derek Alston, Justin Ian Jessup has gotten drafted, all the way back to James Webb and Anthony Drimmick, guys like, like them. This year's team, I think, is more of a by-committee approach. You have maybe not necessarily players averaging 15 or 20 a night, but you have a variety of different players who can step up and hit big shots. I think a lot of the questions heading into the season were about how does, how does Boise State make up for the loss of Derek Alston? How do they recover from some of these losses? Do you get the sense with this year's team that it's more of a by-committee approach and maybe there's more versatility with this year's team uh, just based on – different guys who can play different roles and step up in different moments? Yeah, I believe that that is very evident. Um, one of the things we did this summer, Eli, was we talked about we don't, we're not going to have a leader. Mm. I think as a coaching staff, and I even learned this as a head coach before I got here, going into a season and kind of saying, here's our leader, here's our guy, sometimes 
in this in this uh, environment is not the best thing to do. So what we approach to that shared leadership. So whatever area you feel like is your you're the man lead in that area. So if it's in the huddle, if it's uh, shooting, if it's offense, if it's defense, if it's you know uh, leading uh, you know something in the locker room, lead that area like you're the man. And so that shared leadership was easier for the guys because it didn't make Marcus Shaver have to talk all the time to be a leader. He was allowed to stay in his in his personality, and I think that's what makes Coach Wright's you know uh, valuable is he knows how to find those those areas of guys and then allow them to be themselves. Uh, and that's special. And the guys I think are are playing hard because they know that. So one of the guys that you mentioned, one of the players who I love to talk about is Marcus Shaver. And just kind of the the career path that he's been on going to Portland and transferring over to Boise State. And I think the last couple of weeks have been really fascinating of him dropping 28, I believe it was, against Nevada. And now hitting two big shots in games where he was not necessarily the guy. Does he does he have this, this ability to just maybe wipe away missed shots or wipe away previous moments? I, I think just watching a, a player... I believe start 0 for 10 and then hit the game winner. That's got that's got to be so rare. Um, his teammates didn't know and didn't think he was 0 for 10 <laughs> because yeah. all the body of work we've seen that young man put in every single day. Uh, he was whenever he caught it, making the next one. It was never, and that's because that's the role where he's the man is in those situations and our guys saw that they believe that they understand that and there was no no one saying in their head well i'm gonna do it now well no who's the man in these roles that's where we go and if shaver felt like this wasn't the right time then he would have deferred but uh he felt the energy and the confidence i wish people could have heard the things said in our huddle uh going into some of those last couple minutes the last couple games just the way in which they encourage each other from our walk on to our, you know, our photographer, everyone knows uh, what we're trying to accomplish. And so he was, he was ready. He had a lot of confidence. As far as Tyson Dagenhart has been one of these maybe unsung heroes who you can just see the potential oozing with him from the future. What has he brought to this team, maybe from both an on-court and off-court perspective? You always talk about um, the work pays off. And a lot of times you have to wait for a while to see that work. Um, Tyson Degenhardt was an early commit to Boise State. He knew he fit the style of play. He knew he fit the city. He knew he fit the university. He knew he fit the head coach. So, you know, I credit him and his family and his uh, basketball uh, uh, staff to helping him understand to make that decision early. So he was already feeling the culture, being bought in before he stepped on campus. I think he had a head start on guys simply because he was all in and wasn't coming to Boise State to prove he's better than anybody. He was coming to be Tyson Degenhardt. And um, his approach to the weight room was phenomenal, continues to be. And so he's a he's a, a well-rounded young man that uh, gets doesn't get too low, doesn't get too excited. But uh, he knows how to score and he knows how to play the game. He's like, he's a vet. He's a six-year senior that's a freshman. As, as far as Saturday's game, uh, going to Viejas, which is traditionally one of the toughest venues to play in this conference, especially after knocking off Colorado State, being in this sort of 
extremely defensive oriented game. What is, what is that like as a coach to just to, to be leading your guys in, in a game that's decided 42 to 37 is what, what is the approach there? And what is that like coaching when the shots just aren't falling for either team? We just uh, remind them of our identity. Uh, we remind them, uh, Hey, we're going to be in stance and we're going to get another opportunity. And if we don't, we're going to rebound that ball and get another opportunity. So as long as we keep, as long as we stay true to our identity, we will be okay when the buzzer goes off. Don't go away from our identity. Don't don't freestyle in this moment and try to be something that we're not. Be be us. And so we, we you know we'll we'll use certain certain words and phrases amongst each other that remind us. Okay, right here, right now, let's go. And um, then we walk out of the huddle with the we will sprint to the huddles. But once we get out of the huddle, it's a slow walk, a trot, a huddle. And then uh, we reset ourselves to go win the next possession. What do you think is different from from this year's team compared to last year's team? Now being one of the top ten defenses in the entire country, is, is there something that's different about this year's group? Is there more buy-in on that end, or just, has a coaching staff has a different approach, something like that? It's not more buy-in. We every team that I've been uh, associated with here has had the guys in the roster wanting to play the right way, expressing the intensity to the plan. Um, a lot of times, though, it, it comes down to, you know, uh, who you play, when you play them, um, the the level of player that you have, the rotations you have. And this year we, we're, we're much bigger than we've, than we've been and we're pretty long and we know we can do certain things. I think one thing the staff did do different is uh, in this summer we, we really stressed – you know, organizing your life outside of basketball so you can be present when we play. And then we organize uh, our, our our summer, making it defensive. Um, we, we are a heavily offensive-minded team in the, in the past, and we still are, but we started with the defensive approach. Uh, <clears throat> Coach, talk about this league this year. We have, I think, last week – there was uh, five teams in the top 55 in the net. Um, I think overall in the net rankings, it may be a top five conference in the country. You've been in this league now, so it's not new to you, but this year's league uh, is stronger than it's been in a long time, largely because the bottom is even stronger with Air Force and San Jose and New Mexico competing at a higher level. But uh, the teams at the top are also – playing some elite basketball. You have Wyoming, who you guys play Tuesday. You have Colorado State in the top 25. San Diego State, who you just played. Fresno State's probably a little bit of a surprise, kind of like Wyoming to a lot of people. So uh, the league is really strong. And then you still have the UNLVs, New Mexico. You go down the line, Nevada, Utah State. So talk a little bit about this league this year and, and what that's been like. Uh, this league presents uh, three things that I know are, are very unique is one, you have some coaches who have coached for a long time, so their their uh, style of play is going to be what it is regardless of personnel, and they've won playing that way. So the preparation for that is going to have to be very, very intense. And so you don't really get to take any nights off. When you play against Air Force, everyone knows that they're going to run what they run. They're going to play with the guy with the right type of personnel. And if you don't prepare for, for, for what they do, um, you can be exploited that night. And then you go into a New Mexico or other, these other places where the personnel is, they can beat you by their, by their personnel. 
Uh, they, they have guys that can go off for 30 or 40 at any, at any moment, and they play with the extreme, extreme confidence. And so having coaches that have been around that understand the style of play and how to win with their roster, and then the level of transfers and incoming guys that this league is attracting, there's two or three guys on every roster that are, are willing and capable of going off, and you just want to make sure you're not the team they go off of. Absolutely. Um, well, man, we appreciate you joining us. We always like to end with that funny story. So I know you got something from this 12. Let's talk about the 12 game winning streak. There's got to be a funny moment within that that you can maybe share for us for the listeners. Um, when you play that many games in a short period of time and certain guys have study hall and their walk-ons or red shirts, you find yourself being the next available guy for scout. Um I actually put on Twitter on Sunday night, I just want to hoop. And I was just, I was doing that because I was trolling a friend of mine who plays in the NBA, and I was trying to be funny. And then I woke up on Monday, and I was on the scout team, and it was uh, very interesting because uh, I didn't want to hoop like that. <laughs> uh, I understand, and I feel the pain of why uh, guys don't want to battle with Mulatten down there. And uh, when I get the time, I'll go fix these glasses because after rebounding with Malotin, I walk around campus now <laughs> like like this. So uh, for me, every time I put the glasses on, it's a reminder, son, hang up the shoes, keep the clipboard. Uh, and also watch what you tweet, man, and manifest in the next day. It comes to life, man. It comes to life. Well, you didn't tweet about the 12-game the winning streak, but you guys are still on it. Uh, who knows when that streak ends? I guess the last question I should say is like, what, what, any thoughts on the matchup tomorrow and then just playing game after game after game? It's nice to be home, but you guys have played a ton of games with this makeup schedule too to just grind it out almost on the NBA schedule. Yeah, uh, about the matchup tomorrow. Um, for us, we get to trust our, trust our prep, um, trust our, 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 how we're going to attack them, uh, understand that they're going to attack us in unique ways. And then when when the, when the lights come on, uh, the things in which we carry our identity, rebounding, defense, communication, and energy, those are things we know we can bring at a high level on our home floor. And so uh, looking forward to an opportunity just to play basketball because we didn't have a lot of those last year. Just They, they were kind of hijacked from it. So anytime we get a chance to play, as soon as I see the stripes run in, I get a big smile because I know we, we actually going to play today. Right. And the game starts and I grill at them. But – they always get that that smile to start. So tomorrow's game is going to be a fun atmosphere. Great being back uh, in uh, Extra Mile Arena with our fans uh, and just being uh, in Boise. No doubt. No doubt. Well, we appreciate it. Tell the staff we said hello, Coach Burns, Coach Durier, Coach Rice. Tell everybody we said hello and best of luck and keep up the great work. You guys have been balling out of control, and we wanted to make sure we got a little spotlight in the Mountain West on you guys, man. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you for everything you guys do to uh, promote the game of basketball for us. Yep, absolutely, man. You, all, right. all right, we another great guest, RJ in the building. Got to switch my man Eli to the hot seat and uh, give your breakdown on Boise State in this squad. Yeah, this is a very talented, versatile group, and RJ touched on it, but it's crazy that this team – Maybe doesn't have a go-to guy like Derek Olson or Chandler Hutchison in years past, but when you have someone like Abu Kijab who can knock down shots, Emmanuel Acott, Marcus Shavers hit two enormous threes these past couple games, 
and then have a, a big in the post like Mlad and the Armouche who can just move guys out of the way. And we know how well he played down the stretch last season. It's a team that's very versatile and they're so physical and get after it defensively and on the boards. And as RJ touched on, that certainly travels. It's, it's not a team that is that is necessarily uh, reliant on shooting or jump shooting. Um, but I think the benefit of that is that they have these intangibles that just allow winning basketball to happen. And it's fascinating to think, I don't know many people are aware of this, but a win Tuesday night against Wyoming would now mark the second consecutive year that Boise State's had a 13-game winning streak. And uh, with last year being a shortened schedule, and this year with all the games that Boise State's had to play on the road during this stretch and an improved Mountain West, that is a massive, massive feat uh, if they're able to pull this thing off. And uh, this is this is going to enter the stretch run where things really get challenging. I think uh, these next these next four games are winnable: Wyoming, Fresno State, San Jose State, and UNLV. And then uh, it starts to rev up a little bit. But Boise State's answered the call a number of times. They they rebound the basketball extremely well. They've got top ten defense and as by uh, efficiency standards in the country and those types of things. They, they travel pretty. They travel pretty darn well. So, Boise State's a team to watch. I don't think a lot of folks expected that the Broncos would be in this position, given the loss of Derek Olson in the offseason. But um, they're right there, and they're in the thick of things. And they've certainly entered the conversation that Colorado State started, San Diego State joined, and now Boise State is right there at the top with them as well. Yeah, and we will uh, break down more on the Mountain West uh, tomorrow or here coming this week on our full episode. We'll be able to talk more about that. Excited for uh, – yeah, this league is one of the best in the country. We love to be able to talk about the topics. Boise State proving that they are able to go on the road and get a win. Like you said, they're putting in the bag what travels, and it's definitely traveling. And that win is the national win that they probably wanted and needed. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not wanted in a sense of, like, they didn't need it for themselves to be validated, but I think for the rest of the world to see, like, sure. all right, we're for real. You know what I mean? We're not just going on another streak. We're, we, we're really here to find a way to get into this NCAA tournament this year. And I think this team, with the way they defend, they're going to give themselves every chance to. So tomorrow night, if you're not watching, uh, some fireworks happen in Boise, Idaho, between Wyoming, who is the top net-rated team in this conference, playing against basically two first-place teams, one is 6-0, and oh, the other one that doesn't have quite six wins, but uh, still undefeated in conference. I think they're four or five and zero. Oh, uh, will be a great game. Two great defenses. Two great coaches. Coach Linder used to work as an associate coach for Coach Rice, so you know there's a lot of that fabric that's the same. Uh, the difference to me in just personnel wise and style of play, Wyoming does shoot the ball better from three, and they do have two uh, enormous. Uh, all-conference first-team level players. So it'll be interesting to see, but this defense is as good as anyone in the country. Their rebounding is as good as anyone, and they still can score when they need to. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.
Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.